Hey, this is Taylor Strickland. I'm one of the pastors at Second Baptist Church West Campus, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message teaches you, inspires you, and strengthens your faith. To learn more about a Second Students ministry, just check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Search Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. I want to start off this morning with a little story. As I was thinking through the passage of scripture that I was going to read through this morning to y'all, I was reminded of just a, a very strange memory and something weird that I remember of my grandmother. My grandmother, she, she passed away in March. Uh, and so this is a, a sweet memory and it makes me laugh about the times that I had with her. And so uh, let, me just, let me just paint this picture. It's, I am about, I think I'm 14 years old. My sister, Avery, we're seven years apart, so she's seven years old. And we're just in... No, I think we're younger. I think I was 12, and she was probably five. And we're in the Sonic drive-thru. Anybody, anybody <clears throat> in fast food or the restaurant industry, or I know junior high kids, y'all don't work yet, but maybe some high school kids possibly are in fast food. Or who has, has ever had their order be wrong at a fast food restaurant, right? What, what is the, the emotion behind it or the feeling of, like, why couldn't you just do your job like, is, is so overwhelming. Like, I ordered a bacon taquito, and now I got a sausage taquito. I don't do sausage. Sausage is too peppery, and it tastes like dirt. Maybe an unpopular opinion. I'm kind of seeing some head shakes. Okay, sorry. But I love bacon. My sister, however, she is a sausage lover. So we were getting breakfast in the Sonic drive-thru. Grandma orders the whole thing. We're in a tiny, tiny, like, Kia, uh, what is it? Like, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a baby blue, sky blue car four-door, grandma's driving, I'm in shotgun, my sister is in the back seat. My sister's always been an emotional human being of like anything that sets her off, it's tears or it's wailing kind of thing. And I'm not like, she's not like that now, but she's in college. She's much more uh, contained, but we're in the drive-thru and we're hanging out and we ordered breakfast. I got my food, grandma got her food and Avery, she ordered two sausage and egg uh, breakfast tacos. All right, so we pull through Lady comes through, I'm going to call her Shirley. Shirley comes in, like, oh, here's your order, here's your drinks or your coffee, whatever you got. And then, oh, like, here's your, here's your breakfast tacos. And Avery pulls in, grandma's about to pull off, and Avery screams, like, I got bacon! And normally, I would celebrate that. Like, oh, yes, another bacon and egg taco, right? But Avery, like, she's not a fan of bacon. She, she wanted sausage. And the overreaction that came from my 65-year-old grandmother, she's sitting in the driver's seat, I, I never suspected it. And she's just, just hanging out. She spins around probably as fast as she's ever moved in her entire life. She spins around. She screams, what? No, they didn't. And, way, and lays on the horn. I'm talking this tiny Kia, itty-bitty car that, that will fit in, on this stage. That, that's the noise that comes out of her car. And she's just laying on it, screaming, my granddaughter ordered bacon and she's screaming at Shirley right now and just the overreaction that comes from that there, there was there were two things that went wrong in that story one my grandmother she moved way too fast and she jumped to conclusions and immediately reacted she didn't respond it was a reaction of I'm going to aggressively pursue what my granddaughter wanted and then on the other side the the sonic workers could have paid attention to the order. Maybe, maybe they heard bacon over sausage. I don't know. The words don't sound alike. But 
the reason I share that story to kind of start off this morning is, one, you never know who you're going to interact with or who is going to, uh, who you're going to see throughout the day. And so it turns out that I saw Shirley uh, later on whenever I started driving, and I remembered her specifically. Like as a, as a high school student driving, driving through Sonic, the same Sonic, and Shirley's there, and I'm reminded, like, oh my gosh, you're the lady that my grandmother yelled at? <gasps> I'm so sorry from four years ago. But this morning, I want to talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness is such a, such a simple topic, such a simple idea that affects more than just the forgiver. It forgives both parties. It forgives the, for, I think it's the forgivee. I don't think that's the right word. But the person who receives forgiveness and the person that gives forgiveness. Because there's feelings <clears throat> that both sides experience, whether that's relief or just a release of aggression or frustration, you know, things that happen. If I've talked to people in my life who, like, I just had, had an issue with in talking to them and actually letting out that forgiveness, one, it, it showed understanding and it showed um, just having that conversation of forgiveness affects more than just ourselves. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So, before we jump into scripture, we're going to be in Matthew 18, but I kind of want to set the scene. Jesus is just hanging out with his disciples as we're in the fourth week of our, of our series called the Jesus Podcast. And the Jesus, like normal podcasts, it's storytelling, it's some life lessons, it's a bunch of things. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and people around him sharing parables. And parables, if you remember from several weeks, every time I'm talking about parables, it is like you get the explanation of what the heck is a parable? A parable is a story, a made-up story, that has a spiritual or a life lesson that we can apply to our lives. And so that's what I'm going into. This is a made-up story to get a point across. And that's what Jesus is doing. And that's what, that's what a lot of us do each and every morning on, on Sundays or Wednesdays. If you hear us on stage or your small group leaders in your small group telling stories but to get a point across, right? And our small group leaders, you would understand or you do understand but I want to set the scene. He, we're hanging out with the disciples, and we get to Peter. And Peter's having a rough time dealing with, you know, with forgiveness. And he asks this question in verse 21 of chapter 18. So if you flip there, if you've already flipped there, if you use your phone, swipe left, swipe right, whatever you do, go ahead and start in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, preachers even suggest, like, okay, seven's, seven's been your number, Jesus, that you've always talked about. Seven, uh, seven days in the week, seven times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me. But look at Jesus' response. He responds in verse 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. If you notice in Scripture, how they have like these little raised letters of a B or an A or whatever letter it is. But it, it sends you to a subnote in scripture that references what other translations in the Bible have said or have that, that read that same verse. I tell you not seven times but 77 times or as in other translations say 70 times 7 times. What Jesus is saying right here is that I should forgive, that you should forgive abundantly at all times. Anytime that it's needed or not needed, that forgiveness should be ever-present in our lives. 
And I want to give you some context before we go into the actual parable that Jesus is about to, to say to his disciples. Two things. We have a talent and a denarii. I'm not talking about a talent where you can twist your tongue or juggle. I'm talking about a talent, which is a measure of currency, like a dollar bill. But a talent is 20 years of a day laborer's wage. So if I, I'm a day laborer, I've worked for 20 years, I have one talent. Okay, everybody nod your head, you understand? Cool. And a denarii, that is the usual day wage of a day laborer. Okay, so I work one day as a day laborer, I have one denarii. Cool, tracking again, nod heads. Awesome. So I want to jump into this parable and just let us understand truly what forgiveness looks like through this story that Jesus is about to say. In verse 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts or settle his debts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. A talent, 20 years. So 10,000 times 20 years. That's a lot of money. Do that math. What's that? 200,000 years? Is that right? Yeah, 200,000 years of a day laborer's wage. One, I don't live that long, nor can I repay that debt. But here's the thing. That just puts it into context for later. Who owed him 10,000 talents who was brought to him. Verse 25, since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he, his wife, his children, and all that he had, all that he had, be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt. No longer do you owe me 200,000 years of your wage. Canceled the debt and let him go. Verse 28, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii or a hundred silver coins or a hundred days wages pales in comparison to 2,000 years to 100 days, right? Big difference. But look at the reaction. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Verse 29, his fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Like, you know, master, like, here, here's what's going down. What are you going to do? Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And last verse. This is the tie. This is the spiritual lesson. This is the life lesson that Jesus throws in at the end of every parable that he shares with his disciples or the people around him. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. So there's two things from this parable, from this passage of scripture that I want you to get. At. Number one. From the actual parable, from the made-up story, the king forgave the debt. The king said, it's okay, you don't owe me anymore 10,000, right, 10,000 talents. No longer do you owe me that much money. You are forgiven. 
But that same servant went on later in, later in his day, later in his life, whenever, however that timeline is, and refused to do the same thing for an even smaller debt. The servant could not repay the debt. He pleaded with the king to have mercy on him. Mercy is something that we're given we, when mercy is given whenever there's something that we deserve. Mercy is how each and every day we sin and deserve to have our place in hell, right? But mercy is God sending his son, Jesus, to die on the cross to take that place for us. That's mercy. Mercy is canceling a debt that you owe that's so big, that is so great, and canceling it. Mercy. The second thing, the second thing is the king's response to unforgiveness. Mirrors God's response to unforgiveness. Is the king found out what happened between the two servants? Knowing, knowing the, the before of the king forgave the huge debt from the first servant, and then what happened after is I was forgiven, but I'm not going to forgive the next person. It's kind of like going through a, a Chick-fil-A drive-through or a Starbucks drive-through, and the person in front of you paid your drink. I'm not saying that you have to do this. I'm just saying that this is a good kind of picture of it. Like, oh, someone before me paid my debt. And going forward, as, I move, as the line continues to move forward, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. And that person will most likely, we hope for, pay for the person behind them. I forget what it's called. It's like a, like a I don't know, some, something train. I've, I've seen it on, on TikTok most likely. But that's the mercy of my debt was canceled for servant one, but my debt was not, the debt was not canceled for servant two, right? And the king's response to unforgiveness is, I am furious because you took the mercy that I gave you and took it for granted and did not offer that to the next person that deserved mercy, right? The angry king in verse 32, he says, you wicked servant, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just that I had on you? He was angry. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And that's 200,000 years of debt to be tortured out of one man. It, doesn't, it, it, didn't mention any men, it didn't mention anything about his wife or his kids or anything that they owed, just him. Because that was his decision to not pass along the mercy that he received in the beginning, right? That's a long time to be tortured for, for 200,000 years of a day laborer's wage. That mercy wasn't passed along. Verse 35, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I want to tie this in just to, just to uh, like a family experience. I have a kid. Not a kid. He's a dog. His name is Rocky. I've, I brought pictures with him or of him this morning. He is my child. It was a dog that my sister got first. But really, I kind of uh, adopted as my own. And he 
I'm now his favorite. I'm going to show you a couple pictures. Right? What a sweet boy. Keep going, keep going. They're all, they're all cute. Sun's out, gun's out with my rock, right? He's a Shih Tzu Schnauzer Dachshund mix. Talk about a melting pot of a dog. But this guy, he is spunky. He is, uh, sometimes when he doesn't want to do what he's told, he just gives you just the, the stank face of, I don't, I don't care what you say. And there's days that, like, he just, he just gets in this, this trance or maybe he hasn't been let out in a long time. And there, there are times, no matter how old the dog is, he had his birthday two days ago on Friday. It was his birthday. He turned four. We got him a, got him a bark box and a bath. You know, spa days are different for people, right? People enjoy spa days. Dogs do not. He got his nails trimmed and a bath that day. He's not having a good time. But there are days when he will, will flat out poop in the office. And I want to lose my mind on my dog and like, like, like you're the perfect size of a football, right? Just line it up. No, but I don't. Mercy. Just kidding. That's not, that's not exactly it. But there are days that, that I know like later or earlier in the week that he pooped in the office or pooped in my mom's room. And I'm furious and I'm bothered. But nothing will stop me from every day when I come home Every weekend, because I don't live with my mom, and I'm a grown. <laughs> Every weekend, when I show up to my mom's house, and I open up the door, even though I know he pooped in the office last week, nothing's going to stop me from going down, from getting on his level and say, who's a good boy? And let, it, let him into my lap and pet him with everything I have and show him that love. There's nothing that he can do that's going to stop me from saying, I love you so much. I'm going to feed you twice a day. I'm going to pet you. We're going to go on walks. We're going to get your nails trimmed. We're going to take a bath, no matter how bad you hate it. But I will take care of you. Nothing will stop me from saying, who's a good boy? Nothing will stop God from saying that I love you. And that I will do everything I can to take care of you. The forgiveness that, it, that was extended to us each and every day. Because we sin, we screw up each and every day. And all we have to do is ask for forgiveness. All we have to do is say, God, I screwed up. No matter what that is, whether that was cheating on a test, cheating in a relationship, or lying, or stealing, or whatever that is for you. It, it is unique. How each of us sin every day is different. Because we're all different human beings. We're all created uniquely but we all receive forgiveness in the same exact way. By asking God, by saying, God, I screwed up. Will you please forgive me of the mistakes that I made? We all need God's forgiveness. And we should all extend that same forgiveness to others. Whether that's a dog, whether that's a teacher, whether that's your parents, whether that's your brother or sister or friend. We should all extend that same forgiveness to the people around us just as God forgave us. Because you may, it, someone's, someone's sin or someone's mistake may not have affected you directly, but you could have heard about it. You could have heard like, oh, did you hear what Gina did last week? <laughs> and just spread it around. And not, not, not passing on that forgiveness. They're like, you know, maybe, maybe she didn't do that or maybe it was a mistake and maybe she did do that. 
but I shouldn't, I shouldn't change my view of that person based on what they did because they're not continually doing that, right? Sometimes you may not be personally affected by someone's wrongdoings, but you hear about them. And in those moments, are we, am I, are you, are our small group leaders, are our staff, are we quick to pass harsh judgment on those people? Or do we lean in towards extending mercy? The same mercy that we can receive, that we have received each and every day. When we struggle to forgive or extend mercy to others, the best thing you can do, because our mind can wander, our mind can go different places, the best thing that you can do in these moments is to focus and think about all the times that God has forgiven you. And thinking about that will change your mindset, will change how you act and how you lead out in your relationships, no matter which kind of relationships these are, parents, friends, siblings, teachers, coaches, whatever. Thinking about the mercy that you were given, the forgiveness that you were given, will change how you act in those relationships.